0: Guys, it's episode 89 and today we are talking everything about WHOOP and HRV values. Why your strain is higher than my strain when we do the exact same workout and what that means from our lifestyle factors and how we can manipulate this number. And as a plus, I'm going to share with you a little experiment that I'm putting myself through that might get you hyped up even more about these numbers. It's a sciencey goodness type of episode, and I am excited to chat through this stuff with you. And even if you do not have a whoop or even wear a trackable of any sort for that matter, still listen in because there's lots of informative stuff that you can take home and implement yourself. All right, buckle up, 89, here we go. CFF presents 1% Better. A podcast about CrossFit, nutrition, coaching, mindset, and community. Join us as we embark in casual conversation to shed light on what life is like within these black and yellow walls. With episodes coming at you every Monday, you can follow along with Coach Whitney and Terran as we talk shop about all things CFF. Episode 89. Guys, today. I get to geek out on the science stuff and I am so excited to bring this episode to you. I've been working real hard on this episode. I'm not going to lie. And I've also started a science experiment or an exercise physiology experiment with myself over the next six weeks. Um, or actually by the time this podcast is probably published, I'll probably be about three weeks in. So come and find me and ask me for what my results are showing so far. With that being said though, um, There's been, we know a lot of us in the gym all wear whoops. You've seen them on our wrists. We talk about them every Wednesday in our private community members only group. Uh, Interpreting that data has been something that has been very apparent in many conversations that we're having amongst each other. And it's always so interesting. Like I absolutely love geeking out over the data. Now I'm going to preface this episode in saying that If you do wear a trackable, so whether it's a Fitbit, an Apple watch, a whoop, or some variation thereof, make sure that, so I have a few thoughts, like make sure that the data that it's giving you is actually not your, your prime reason for why you do or don't do something. Like, for example, if your whoop tells you that you're in a red day, but like you feel amazing. You know the data is important, but don't let it drive you from making some normal decisions. That you might go and participate in some physical activity, for example. Um, and then also on the other hand, these trackables that we wear on our wrists, like they're great for the data feedback, but ultimately the best form of feedback is is a heart strap, a heart rate monitor that you strap around your chest because that's going to give you a little bit more direct feedback versus it being on your wrist is not entirely as accurate. So, um, but for the sake of this episode, we're going to speak specifically about some of the data that the whoop gives you. And even if you don't have a whoop, there's going to be a lot of like information just in general that a, you might be able to apply to the tracker you do wear or B you might just get a little bit smarter by the end of this episode. Um, And if you don't have a whoop, we do have a community code uh, that is accessible to you as a member. It is posted and tagged at the very top of our private members only group. If you just head in there, there is a discount code for you to pick up your first month free. Um, First or second and second, maybe I can't remember. By the way, there is an opportunity there for you as a CrossFit Function member. So let's just get right into it. Um, I'm going to start this episode off just talking about HRV, heart rate variability. And the reason I want to talk specifically about this one um, is because the question that we're often having amongst each other is, why is your strain so high for the exact same activity that I'm doing? So if the two of us are doing the exact same workout at the exact same time of the day, why are you taking home such a higher strain on this workout? Uh, Coach Michelle has been the leader in strain for probably on average, the most times um, the most successive weeks and just overall weeks also. And it comes largely apart from her job and coaching. So I'm also going to speak directly about those two events. I know that coach Whitney has also put up some very large strain numbers just in coaching a class and are, and sometimes higher than those that are, have been actually been doing the workout. So there's a lot of like interesting dynamics going on. And I just want to kind of dig into it and get into it a little bit more. So one of the main data points that our whoops track is HRV. So heart rate variability is literally the amount of time or the amount of variance in time between each beat of your heart. So for example, if your heart is beating 60 beats per minute, it's not actually beating once every second. Like there is a variance between each successive beat, you know, it might be like 0.9 seconds between two beats. And then the next time it beats, it'll be like 1.2 seconds between two other beats. And the greater that that variability is, the more ready your body is to work at a higher level or to execute at a higher level. So HRV is the time between heartbeats. Okay. Um, Your heart is obviously something like your heartbeat is obviously something that you don't control. Your nervous system controls it. And that is fueled by our autonomic nervous system. And this does all of the involuntary things about our physiology, like, uh, for example, and I'm going to get into it, eating, sleeping, your hair growing, beating of your heart, breathing, all of those things. And within our autonomic nervous system, there are two different branches. Okay, stick with me here. There's a sympathetic nervous system and a parasympathetic nervous system okay? The parasympathetic nervous system, that's the rest and digest one. This is the one that it handles everything that's on the inside of us. This is where the digestion happens, the recovery happens, your hair growing. But one of the main things that it's responsible for is the decrease in your heart rate, okay? So the parasympathetic nervous system handles the decrease in your heart rate. Your sympathetic nervous system, however, this one is often labeled the fight or flight. And we have heard that terminology in many different cases. You know, anytime where there is stress, like a, a bear is chasing you down the alley, <laughs> kind of hypothetical example, but makes me laugh regardless. And all of a sudden you got to just kick it into top gear and take off. And that needs to happen in a fraction of a second. That's your fight or flight. So anything that is super stressful, like even just a stressful event at work, can cause your fight or flight system to kick in and believe it or not your high intensity exercise also causes your fight or flight to kick in and the main primary driver of this nervous system the sympathetic nervous system is to increase your heart rate and your blood pressure so it wants to dilate everything to get as much blood going through your body as possible and your heart rate's going to pick up to cycle that in order to initiate and make it happen and so your heart rate variability comes from those two branches simultaneously sending like sending signals towards your heart. They're always competing, your parasympathetic and your sympathetic nervous system. And so your parasympathetic system is trying to tell your heart to beat slower, but your sympathetic system is telling your heart to beat faster. And so that's what causes the fluctuation in your HRV is one taking over the other or the balance of them means that you're going to have a really high HRV. Okay. So let's like get into that. When you have a high HRV, it generally means that your body is responsive to both sets of inputs. So like both of those nervous systems competing against one another it means that your nervous system is balanced and that your body is ready to adapt to everything around it and that you're probably going to perform at your best. So if you have a really high HRV, good on you. That's a sign of fitness. But on the other hand, if you have a really low HRV, so mine, mine is generally between 20 to 40, 40 would be like a good day for me. There's times where that's like a really good thing, like when you want to kick it into high gear and you're gonna go run the charity road race and you gotta allocate all of your resources within your physiolog physiology to make your body run as fast as you can. That's like a really good time to have a low HRV. But the other thing is that if you're not doing something active a low HRV means that your body is actually working really hard for some other reason. And those other reasons vary. It could be that, you know, you're not as recovered. So you're fatigued. It could be that you're dehydrated, which I probably find this one the most in the clients that I work with that we pay attention to their, their data is that more often they're dehydrated. You could be stressed obviously. Um, Another one would be you're getting sick or you are sick. So your body naturally has to work harder to allocate resources. And then the less resources that are available to dedicate towards exercising, your normal daily life, you can see that your body is going to have to work a lot harder for some of the most basic things. So when one branch of the nervous system is dominating over the other, the more room there's gonna be for the sympathetic branch to be able to come in and take over and, and give that high HRV that says you're gonna be fit and ready to go, okay? So one of the questions that I, we kind of talk about is like, well, if 40 is a good HRV for me, why does somebody have like 127 as their good HRV rate? And that's the thing. It's like, this isn't a number where there is some arbitrary optimal level that you should be aspiring for. You need to look at an average of what your data tracker might be spitting out for you. And then the idea is to take your average and begin to start getting that higher based on your values, because this is a very individualized thing. And ironically, I mean, I'm going to tie this all together about strain being different for different people on the same activity, but ultimately that if you are only paying attention to what your numbers are spitting out, that's going to be the best indicator of whether that strain that you're acquiring is um, like adequate, or if you're HRV is really low and that strain is going to be really high. And yet, you both did the same amount of work. Okay. It also changes with age. I mean, that's something that we need to consider too is like the younger you are, the higher the HRV you're going to have or like the range of HRV. So, when I was doing some research, you know, like the average 20 year old has a range of 60 to 120. Like, that's a 60 beats per minute range. That's, or a 60 second range. That's massive. Someone like myself, who's 34, my range, ac- according to the information that I was looking at was 40 to 80. Now I'm sitting here telling you that my range on average has been 20 to 40. So right away, I'm gonna, this is why I am putting myself through this science experiment. Um, but then you think of somebody who's maybe 60 or 65, their healthy range is going to be like 30 to 60. So it's going to quite dramatically decrease as we get older. And like naturally, right? You, I think about it contextually, somebody who is much younger is going to handle stress a little bit differently than somebody who is much older. Okay. And then when we consider, when we go back to comparing it to others, I mean, add in the context of age, right? So that you have this 20 year old wearing a whoop and they do this CrossFit workout in class at four thirty, and this you know, 45 year old wearing a whoop does the exact same workout and they're both going to get dramatically different numbers. And aside from everything else being the same, the age is going to be a major thing. That's going to change that. Okay. So back to the point being that your trend, your average, yours only is the thing that you need to compare data to. Okay. Don't compare it to your neighbor. I mean, it's fun to be like, hey, what's your HRV today? And you find out that their number is 127 and you're at 25 and you're like, holy crap, what's wrong with me? But that's not the case. It's like if your number is 25 and your average is 40, that's a little bit more contextually makes sense, okay? One of the things about looking at your trend, though, is that if you pull up a graph of your HRV, let's say in a month or even a week for that matter, if the graph is you know, a small distance from top to bottom, and then it gradually gets wider top to bottom as you go, that's a pretty good indicative that you're getting fitter because that variance is now increasing. Okay. That's what we want. That's what makes a positive trend in your fitness is when that daily HRV gets wider or taller from top to bottom on your graph. Okay. But then one other thing to pay attention to is like, a downward trend over several days, amongst other things like, you know, you're getting sick or you've been eating poorly. Maybe you had some alcohol or you just haven't been drinking any water. It might be a sign that you're actually training too hard. And this was a very eye-opening piece of research for me as I consider myself fairly fit. And I considered the, the type of workouts that I've been doing recently as Not very taxing because I was training for something very specific, but the thing was, is when I would go in and do my workout, I was always kicking the crap out of myself. And so once I went through the the research, you know, finding out that I need to be working at a low, a little bit lower heart rate for a longer period of time is actually going to be better for me from a health perspective than I was thinking what I was doing. Okay. So One of the things that I've spoken about on this podcast before is um, my journey, you know, after COVID was done and we came out of lockdown and I walked into my, I've told you guys this story before, but I walked into my garage and counted the wine bottles and there were 134 wine bottles in the garage in a three month period. And just the impact that that had on my overall health. And I mean, the data was right there in my face every month on my my month review, my month assessment that was getting spit back at me, that I had more red and yellow days than I've ever had before. And just generally how terrible I was feeling. So I went on this, this 90 day kind of research trip of myself on kicking alcohol out out of my life and, you know, getting some better healthy habits in working order. And when I shared that impact that it had on my data and the, the massive turnaround That's when I really became interested in figuring out, you know, how I could get the best health, um, related metrics just from watching what my whoop was giving me. Okay. So some of the factors that can affect your HRV, like I'm going to bring it up right away. Alcohol, other lifestyle factors are things like your food, like your diet and your nutrition. Obviously, if you eat crappy, you're going to feel crappy, Your sleep habits play massive importance into this. And then your ability to both handle and react and adapt to stress are also going to play into this. Workout related, the volume of workouts that you're doing and the intensity at which you're working at are both going to play a role in that. Um, They list something as new or unfamiliar stimuli. So obviously, if something is more technical and you have to work a little bit harder at it, That's going to require a little bit more stress coming out of your body. So that's going to cause an impact. And then overall, like how you're balancing your workout and your rest days. Like if you just go hard Monday to Saturday and you take Sunday off, but you're kicking the crap out of yourself Monday to Saturday, obviously that's not going to be the best setup for yourself. Okay. And arguably like in the reverse, if you only work out a couple of days a week, that actually might not be enough to put your heart through the, the type of exercise and the amount of exercise it needs to be exercised. So, when I speak about overtraining, I'm also in the same breath talking about undertraining. And I know there's some people that might be going through that. And that might be a very, you know, case for cause why you haven't been seeing the results that you have. But I digress. That's a whole nother episode in and of itself. Some of the biological factors that like we have less control over, obviously your age, your gender, like men are generally going to have a higher HRV. I learned your genetics. There's just some things that you're genetically predisposed to. Some people are genetically predisposed to actually having an HRV just by their genes. And then your chronic health conditions are going to also play a role into this. Okay. Um, but with that being said, we can improve our HRV. Okay. Like, I mean, I'm putting myself through that case right now and I've done it before through my little alcohol experiment. So so here's some things that you can do, obviously not overdoing your workouts and not pushing too hard for too many days in a row. You have to give your body that opportunity to recover. Okay. And then I'm going to throw that in there in the vice versa. You do need to hit your optimal workout and your optimal heart rate zone. For a a few days of the week or enough days of the week for enough time within your week in order to make sure that your heart gets the exercise that it needs. Hydration is so important in this. Like, think about it: the more hydrated you are, the more viscous your blood is gonna be. So the easier it's gonna, the easier time it's gonna have to go through your body to get all of the nutrients where it needs to go. If you're dehydrated, Like your blood is naturally going to be a little bit more thicker. So your heart's going to need to work a little bit harder to get it through. We talk about hydration, you know, for so many different reasons, but like, this is a massive one, just transporting nutrients and oxygen through your body. The more viscous it is, the easier it's going to be. So don't underestimate the importance of hydration. When your nutrition coach says drink more water, like take that literally. It's not just some arbitrary sentence we're throwing out there. It has good reason obviously avoiding alcohol. One of the massive things I learned when I was going through that little experiment is that one drink can impact your HRV for up to five days, five days. Like that's crazy. Poor nutrition has such adverse effects on your HRV. So it's going to knock it down, but then so does eating at unexpected times. Like you, you need to be consistently eating so for many numerous reasons, again, another episode in and of itself. But with that being said, like your body is going to be regulated if you keep the food coming consistently, okay? Sleep, obviously it's not just the amount of sleep that you get that matters, but also the quality and then the consistency of your sleep. So my night shift workers, this is going to be a really hard one for you, but going to bed and waking up at similar times each day is so important to. Maintaining the health of your heart. Okay. So, just in general, trying to get your body on a consistent schedule with sleeping and eating, you know, ultimately, this is aligning your circadian rhythm, is what you're doing at the base end of it all. That's what it boils down to. And then your body is more, it can predict what's going to happen more efficiently when it knows what's coming. So, that's why that's important. Okay. Now, let me talk a little bit about what I'm trying to do with myself. Okay. So I I spoke earlier that I actually found that for me and what my health needed was not kicking the crap out of myself for five out of seven days of the week that I did, I did need to slow down, but it wasn't just like coming in and lifting and then leaving doing strength work is, is so incredibly important for many different reasons. So as I say this, I do not want to take away the emphasis on the importance of lifting weights. Okay. First and foremost, but I'm talking specifically about your heart health. And when you're lifting weights, you're pretty much at rest. Like when you're sitting there doing five by fives, like you're at rest, you might jack your heart rate up momentarily while you're holding your breath because the weight is really heavy, but you're not maintaining a higher heart rate for an extended period of time. It's like a couple of seconds at most. And then you go back to resting. So what my body actually needed was to work at a lower heart rate. So let's think about like a zone two, which is generally um, 60 to 70 percent of your heart rate your max heart rate okay for an extended period of time and within this zone is where we work on our aerobic fitness and your aerobic fitness is really important because that's your ability your heart's ability to just adapt to some stress for a, a longer period of time but not enough stress that it's going to actually like create stress like think about a bike on bad or fran where you just kick the crap out of yourself for a very high amount or i mean fran is 3 minutes but bike on bad is 20 minutes where you just absolutely head into the wall okay so this is stuff like riding my bike just getting out there and riding my bike for 20 to 30 minutes or going for a run and keep and you know running slow enough and working on my breathing so that i can stay within that prescribed heart rate zone to make sure that my heart is getting that, that exercise that it needs, but not creating a stressful environment in which to do so. Okay. Now the other part about it, and I mean, this is partly what I'm experimenting with is that if we can get enough exercise in our week at this zone, this is where your body is using fat for energy. So from a body composition side of things, this is a really good thing. Okay. And I guess that's where I come back to. You can't eradicate the importance of lifting weights because that also contributes to that. And we also don't want to break down muscle tissue as we're exercising aerobically. Okay. Now there's always, as I was like making this plan and doing all this research, I was thinking to myself, like it has been a common knowledge that like the best way to lose weight is lift weights, not actually go out and run 5k every day as or do cardio over and over as that's been pounded into our system but this is a little bit different okay there are days where you where i need to work low intensity and there are days where i need to lift and there are days where i need to punch it hard and i'm going to punch it hard for one to two days in my week where i just get to hit my near my maximal heart rate for as many times as i can within 20 to 30 minutes just to make sure that my heart gets that type of stress exercise that it needs to, okay? So that's the little bit of science experiment that I'm putting myself through just to see if I can impact my HRV based on my exercise only. Now, my nutrition is an unchanging um, element within this because nutrition has been something that I've always focused on. So it hasn't changed much in all of the things that I've been doing, okay? But how I'm gonna approach my exercise is very specific and very based on affecting my HRV specifically, okay? Um, why this is important to bring it all back to this question of why my strain will be lower to someone else's strain doing the exact same activity. I'm going to give you two scenarios and I'm going to use myself and coach Michelle as two very, um, two variables to compare against each other. So coach Michelle, who can go out there and run a 20 kilometer trail run, for three and a half hours and be totally fine at the end and super excited, let's go do it again. But hits Fran and to do Fran RX would be a totally different experience for her. Might take her, I mean, sorry, Coach Michelle, I'm just throwing arbitrary numbers out here. Might take, you know, five to eight to 10 minutes on the top end to go and do Fran the way it needs to be. But then you look at someone like myself, who can go and hit fran in 215 and to ask me to go and run a 20 kilometer race would be like i'd no you couldn't pay me enough to go and do that so two very different fitness types sprint until the cows come home and jog really slowly until the cows come home so what i'm trying to get at is coach michelle is very aerobically fit she can maintain that lower heart rate for a very long period of time. So her heart is conditioned to do that, but her heart isn't conditioned to hold a higher heart rate for a longer period of time. As where I am the opposite, I could do Fran over and over and over again, given some rest, albeit. But if you ask me to try and hold that heart rate, that is going to be a very difficult thing for me to do at a slow running pace because I am not aerobically fit. And I'll be the first one to admit that. Okay. So on Saturdays, as we go and we run with our little group of people, anybody can join us. It doesn't really matter. We were comparing her and I, you know, what our whoop was spitting out. Now, albeit there are other factors that we talked about, sleep, recovery, hydration, food, et cetera, et cetera. So it's not simply based on just this, like, let's just be upfront about that. But her ability to hold that heart rate for that 40 minutes that we ran was not a stressful environment for her so her her strain was actually really good on that you know that came back and she was ready to handle that my that was a very different experience for me and i had to work really hard to slow down which sounds like a really weird thing to say so my strain came back on that much higher and i mean comparatively our recovery numbers were relatively similar i think we were both yellow in the 50s if i recall okay but again there are other factors water food sleep da 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 we've gone through this the main point being is what i'm trying to get at is we need to be comparing only our our ideal numbers and then making sure that we're controlling all of the things that we can control so are you eating properly are you drinking Are you sleeping? Are you sleeping consistently? Are you sleeping enough? And is the quality of that sleep good, sufficient enough rather? Okay. Are we drinking alcohol? Are we avoiding it? Because we can't, how are we handling the stress that shows up in our daily lives? Okay. I mean, when we talk about stress, like think about the coaching of the class examples that I gave now, albeit some of the other factors are much more important than this example, because coaching is simply just standing, well, it's not, it's not just simply standing there and yelling for an hour. Like that's really not at all what it is, but I can coach the exact same class, yell harder and longer and be way more actively involved moving around in the class than one of the other coaches who, you know, may not be as recovered or some of the other tools or factors in their lifestyle are in key and I can push out a four strain in that class, and they'll push out a 12 or a 16 in that class. So that's comparatively how all the data matters. So what can you do? That's what this all boils down to, okay? Whether you wear a tracker or you don't, the concepts are exactly the same. Control what you can control, move your body, eat properly, drink, Make sure you get some daily activity that's low intensity into your day every single day and make sure that you're sleeping. And if you can control those things, you're already 10 steps ahead of most people that are still sitting on the couch because your body is learning how to adapt stress in many different forms, okay? You're balancing out your nervous system, which is going to make it easier and more efficient for your body to do what it needs to do. What a powerful episode. I love talking about this science. And I'm using myself as a very specific experiment right now that I hope that my results are gonna be killer, that I can share this with another small cohort of cohort of you guys within the gym that wanna embark on this too to see how well we can get your metrics under control. More on that on another day, okay? All of these tips and tricks, these are very simple things. Join our free Facebook group. I post a ton of content, free guides, eBooks, tips, very specific things that can help you affect these metrics. Okay? At the end of the day, if you like hearing about this science stuff, make sure you click like and subscribe to the 1% Better Podcast. Thanks for listening, guys. This has been episode 89. We're talking all about HRV and trackable metrics. I've enjoyed this. I hope you have too.